0: Merry Christmas and welcome to episode forty three. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Fifty three of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, and we also got along today, Mr. Craig Euler. Craig, how you good how you doing?
1: I am fantastic. How are you guys?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Christmas is here.
1: Yes it is. I'm uh you know, it's funny how fast Christmas sneaks up on a guy. I uh, had to finally buy my wife's Christmas present here a couple days ago because christmas is next week oh well, you
2: you beat me to it yeah you beat me
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i had to order mine though so i was worried about Oh, skipping.
2: yeah you always got to take that into play
0: i can't yep. order kayla, kayla shares that amazon account with me and i cannot order online anymore she, she sees it all so i don't well, know
1: what... i figured you guys would have a huge uh midwest angler podcast bank account you could order all that stuff through
0: well it it, let me tell you craig it is growing but you know
2: (laughs) right what do they say when you first start a new business it takes a while to break even
0: yeah yeah you know we're we're putting all the money back into the business so
2: yeah that's right (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) that's how you're supposed to do it (laughs) but no yeah well anyways uh christmas episode here uh episode 53 and we've got craig on and uh so we're gonna do a fun little 21 questions with craig uh yeah, we're going to get her started right now. Uh, Craig, number one, if you had to move to a different country, what country would it be?
1: Uh, Greenland.
0: Greenland? Greenland.
1: Yep. what's what? because you can ice you can ice fish yeah. for sharks over there. Really? really? Wow. I mean, if you're going to go anywhere, why not go after sharks through the ice?
0: That makes sense to me. Right. <laughs> yeah, why not? No,
1: I actually... I... I It's been a bucket list trip of mine for uh, quite a while. I'm I'm hoping to make it happen. It's really, really cool. I forget the name of the town, but they put on what they call the Greenland Shark Challenge, and you uh, once you get there, you you stay in this old village. I don't even know what. uh, I, I guess I don't know much of the background, but I mean they take you out on the ice on dog sled. They cut the holes with hand saws. And you're you're literally on the side of a big five foot by five foot hole jigging for sharks, and they catch them up to eight hundred pounds.
0: You're not joking, like you've actually looked into this, huh?
1: Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> like I've I I spent a lot of time researching it because it just it it would be so awesome to catch a fish of that magnitude, and get alone a shark too. And and when uh you're not shark fishing, you're going after redfish through the ice and um, halibut. And I just—it it just sounds like an awesome, awesome trip, but it's really expensive, and and I, <laughs> I've got a lot of priorities in front of me before I can do that. But I I will do it at some point in time. Well, we, with we've got to mid- do some research on this.
0: Yeah, well, with this Midwest angle bank account, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe we'll tell, we'll all take a trip.
1: I <laughs> I I don't know. I I've been talking about it for three, four years now, and I just I gotta believe that that would be one of the ultimate ice fishing experiences yeah i would think so i
0: would think so so matt you take number two number two pancakes or waffles
1: i am a waffles guy oh me too oh yeah yeah no i gotta have waffles and i gotta have butter in every square of the waffle and uh uh not an overabundance of syrup but there needs to be plenty of syrup on them too have
0: you ever had peanut butter on a waffle Oh, yeah,
1: Oh, my and, gosh. Like, and, and syrup that's on of n- peanut butter. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Okay,
0: yep. Oh, that's my yep. new, th- that is my jam. Like, <laughs> I've been, been getting them, like, I, I specifically, if I'm going to travel, I seek out a hotel that's got waffles on the Continental Breakfast. And <laughs> those waffles, yeah. <laughs> got to.
1: So, so do you bring your own peanut butter?
0: No, they've they've all had them. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's worked out pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number three, Craig, underwater camera, yes or no?
1: No. Uh, Well, let me, can I two-part that one? You bet. You go. Um, I learned an absolute ton by using an underwater camera. Uh, And that's a lot of uh, the stuff I learned I still use to this day. But um, now I just don't fish with them because I almost – Feel like they're an anchor i'm running guns so much that just to take the time to set up the camera and do all that stuff it just it, it it slows me down or prevents you from moving when you think you need to move but uh you know back in the day um so i bought my first Vexlar when i was in college um i didn't I, I went out fishing with a buddy that had one and i just thought that was the ticket, so I didn't drink beer for like a month and a half, so I could save <laughs> enough money to buy an old Vexar FL8, and I, uh, um, I I used it and I, I got very comfortable with it. But then I I bought a camera several years later and to be able to interpret what you're seeing on the Vexlar to what the fish are really doing. I, I learned a ton that way, and I learned a ton about fish's behavior when they're investigating a bait, uh, especially different species. Um, but now I, I know it's uh, probably ignorant for me to say it, but I feel like I learned everything I could with the camera, so I, I don't bother with them anymore anymore. Um, If we're fishing a new body of water and and we're looking for a weed line or something like that we'll drop it down but uh by no means do i fish under one
0: right just just using it as a tool and then and then you set up with a vex
1: yeah yep exactly
2: right all right next one what is your favorite pro sports team it can be any sport you got one (sighs) no
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I guess right now I'd have to say the Minnesota Twins, just because I I follow them more than anything. Um, growing up as a Chicago Bulls fan, a um, a diehard Michael Jordan fan, and in my entire life I've been a Miami Dolphins fan. But man, they're making it tough for me to like them a lot. You know, it just and and you know, Scott. I mean, they they are a tough team to stay loyal to because. I, they're so bipolar. It's, it's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> yep. Yep. No doubt hey, about I'm it. A, so,
2: I'm a Vikings fan. Don't talk to me about bipolar. Oh, well, you got more yeah, than three yeah, wins. You
1: know it all too well too. But yeah, you know, I mean, Scott, I don't remember if I told you how I became a, a Dolphins fan, but it, it's kind of a funny story. The it, mug, uh, or,
0: or wasn't it a mug, or you got something that was supposed to be Dan Marino's? Wasn't it?
1: Well, so with my dad working at the the Boys Club in Rapid City, um, at in you know the i don't even remember what year it was but it, my dad wasn't the executive director at that time and and uh so they they've got a ton of miami Dolphins stuff because the former employee moved to florida worked at a boys club there got a bunch of cups and shirts and caps and and my dad asked if he could bring some of the stuff home to me he asked his uh the then executive director and and the guy says, well, yeah, for sure. And so he grabs one of the cups and signs it to Craig from Dan Marino. And it was Marino's rookie year. And I just, I worshiped this cup. I mean, when I went to college, that thing was mounted proudly up on my desk. And it wasn't until I was like 25 years old, my brother told me it was fake. And I mean, that was worse than finding out Santa Claus wasn't real. <laughs> I mean, it that crushed me. And. But you know, I, I mean, yeah, you gotta love Marino and and everything. So I I'm still a Dolphins fan, but like I say, the past decade and a half have just been tough.
0: After you found out really, that really cup really wasn't tough. real, it just ruined it.
2: Yeah, that's probably when they started going bad.
0: Then it's probably once, the curse. Once I,
1: once I <laughs> it's found the curse out of the cup, a of things, huh?
0: That's that's when Jay Fiedler started being quarterback and things just went <laughs> down the tubes
1: yeah i'm no so, kidding so
0: how many pairs of isotoner gloves do you own
1: <laughs> <laughs> none anymore i burned them all <laughs>
0: all right craig what brand of electronics do you use on your boat
1: on my boat i have lawrence lawrence stuff front and back and middle and um you know for no reason other than uh it's what i started off with it's what i'm comfortable with um I, I, uh, I'm not loyal to anything in particular, really. Um, I do, I have a feeling if I were to do it all over again, I probably would go Humminbird though, just because I think their mapping is a little bit better. Yep. Um, but you know, like I say, it's it's what I've got now and it's what I'm used to. And, and that's part of, uh, you know, having good electronics is being comfortable around them and knowing how to navigate the screens and all that stuff. And, at this point, I don't know that I would ever switch just because I, I'm used to my lorances but, um, yeah, not really loyal one way or the other, that's for sure.
0: Right.
2: Good answer.
1: All right. I didn't make that up either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> would you rather go to a concert or to a movie?
1: Movie. Um, not a huge fan of crowds. I, I mean, I don't mind them like... And you know it's funny it it's maybe it's just uh the kind of crowds that go to concerts. I don't know it just i I go to a few here and there, but I definitely don't seek out going to concerts but uh movies you can I don't know sit there and relax a little bit more.
2: What was the last concert you went to? Uh,
1: what was the last concert? My daughter and I went and saw Sugarland
0: really? uh,
1: right. last year. That yeah. was a good concert, I believe that yeah, then the one before that was my wife and I went to Dave Matthews Band in Colorado, and that was interesting.
0: I bet. <laughs> <laughs> when you oh, said yeah. Dave Matthews Band, and then you <laughs> then you threw Colorado, Colorado in on there. Top of yeah, it.
1: yeah, I, I I didn't know the reference, but he kept saying how good it smelled there. I'm not sure what he meant.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you're lucky you didn't get a piss test at work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very lucky. <laughs>
0: All right, Craig, what's your go-to panfish jig this time of year, uh, ice season, go-to panfish jig?
1: Oh, I tell you what, right now I am rocking the uh, uh, white clam pro tackle swirl drop. It's oh, yeah. Got a, it's white with a, a orange swirl around it, and holy smokes, is that thing crushing the fish right now. Nice. I, I love it. Tipping it with, you know, it. Uh, it's. It, we've been catching everything off them, but it's funny, the Species of fish, like the crappies, are preferring uh, red maggot on it, but the perch and the bluegills are, um, you know, they're good with plastics on them. So, I, you know, I always, I, I try to fish plastics as much as I can, but I always uh, carry some red spikes with me too, just just in case. And it's it's saved the day a couple of times this year.
2: Right. All right. Favorite kind of uh, breakfast cereal.
1: Ooh man. You know, as far as uh, flavor goes, it'd be peanut butter Captain Crunch, but you can only eat like a half a bowl of that before it turns your mouth and uh, just just, uh, destroys it, you know. But I I love the flavor of peanut butter Captain Crunch.
0: Anything peanut butter. God dang it, I've really been getting
1: into peanut butter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well
0: I guess you just did kind of cover it but uh live bait or plastics for ice
1: oh yeah yeah you know like I say I um you know being fortunate enough to work with Scott Brower and design a bait there's a lot of pride with going out there and fishing and catching fish with it and I will say the Mackie Plastic Craigie is the only plastic I fish with anymore um the either the craigie or the craigie xl i mean just pretty much that's the only plastic i use through the winter time and and uh i I do i try to fish them as much as i can but you know i did a seminar a couple years ago about the importance of confidence and and i'll be honest i am not like when i'm fishing certain bodies of water i don't have that 100 percent confidence in plastics just because you know you, your mind starts messing with you and you feel like maybe uh you need a little more center you need a little more live action down there rather than just the flow of a plastic but um i'd say in the last five years i've i've definitely um am probably 90 percent plastic uh but but i do i always have red spikes with me i'm not confident enough to to leave the spikes at home yet
2: right you just always got to have that backup plan
1: yep yep and you know, when we're fishing um, our Arctic warriors or any kind of dead sticks, uh, I always have minnows on and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I know a lot of people that'll use frozen smelt or something like that, but I just I I definitely more confident when I have a live minnow on.
0: Right, right.
2: All right. First, this next one is kind of like a got two parts to it. First off, have you ever done a polar plunge?
1: Um. I don't think I have. No. I haven't.
2: I mean on purpose, not like accidentally <laughs> yeah, on early yeah. ice or late ice. I mean
1: No, no, I I haven't. I we were gonna uh one year and we never got around to doing it and no, I haven't.
2: So how much how much would it take to get you to do that? Would you have to be persuaded by a monetary amount or would you just do oh, it? Oh no, fun?
1: I I'd pay a hundred bucks to a charity to go do it. All right. But, yeah, it wouldn't I have no fear against it or anything. I just haven't made the time to do it, I guess.
0: You would pay a hundred dollars to do it?
1: Hell yeah, why not?
0: All right. Especially I if think I
1: knew it was going to hooked on hardwater. No don't gonna care say, Maybe
2: maybe we need to cut a big hole in the ice out of the hooked on hardwaters this year. I,
0: right? I will donate money, but I'm not jumping in. <laughs> no way. <laughs>
1: really? Oh
0: no way. No. I I would not do it. Like Really? Yeah, I, I don't mind swimming. I'm not I I don't really do any swimming. I mean I jump in Lake Okaboji, no. Well, problem. Well you don't
2: have to do any swimming right now. You're yeah. just jumping in and getting out, man. I would die.
0: <laughs> I don't think my heart could take it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Craig, uh, if you bought a brand new pickup today, what brand would it be?
1: Ford, baby. Ford. Yep. Yeah, huh? uh, you you look in my driveway right now, it's nothing but Ford's.
0: Really? Oh, oh yeah. always has been.
1: Yeah, I I switched to a Dodge back in when they you know, remember all the pickups looked the same with that squared front end and then the Dodge was the first one to come out with that new radical body style. I think it was 94. And so in 96, I bought a 1994 Dodge Ram and that thing turned out to be the biggest piece of crap I ever owned and and uh yeah, no, I I went back to Ford and haven't looked back since
0: it's the confidence that's right yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's exactly it
2: all right one one uh type of line for the fishing line for the rest of your life you choosing floral mono or braid
1: every rod i have right now has floral carbon on it does it really yep yep what? and i i use the uh the clam frost line um i in a lake trout, I have six-pound fluorocarbon, in my panfish, I run two-pound floral, and, you know, there's a lot of guys that'll run braid with a fluorocarbon leader and, and stuff like that, but um, I just, I cannot stand the way braid collects water and freezes, and you get the ice crystals on your spool, and I just, I, I just hate dealing with that kind of nonsense, so I just, I run all floral, and I know it's a waste of money, but at the end of the day, um, it's, I'm uh, confidence yeah. there's a theme here you know yeah. that it's just about confidence and and even with the lake trout you know six pound test I, I caught that 28 29 pound lake trout last year on six pound test floral but i'm confident i could catch a 40 pound fish on it because you know you just if you know your drag you know your rod and and you know how to work it all it it's not that big of a deal it's not that hard you just gotta fight the fish and and make it happen and and uh yeah, so it's just all floral and, and I probably I don't see any reason why I would ever not use fluorocarbon unless I can't afford it anymore, you know. But, uh, <laughs> what uh,
2: but, what uh, pound test do you use for all your different applications for different species?
1: Yeah, just panfish it's always two and three pound test. Um walleyes I I think i've got a couple rods walleye rods with four pound but for the most part it's six pound test on my my walleye rods and then uh and six pound on everything else and even open water i run six pound floral on all my lake trout rods and and two and three pound on my panfish rods
0: really um, on i'm on not open a bass water.
1: fisherman i know the bass guys want like 20 pound braid on all their bass rods and stuff i i'm haven't got into that yet i uh um, I did fish for bass last summer, so it kind of counts, doesn't it? But oh, yeah. It
0: counts, and you, you enjoyed it, didn't you? Uh,
1: I made sure no one was looking when I pulled the bass out of the water. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, then you didn't <laughs> want everybody to see how cool you looked.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah well, I can't afford to have anybody think I'm more cooler than I already am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, number 13, bucket list vacation destination.
1: Uh, fishing vacation or regular vacation?
0: Regular vacation. Pleasure.
1: Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'd like to take my kids to Hawaii. My wife and I went there for our honeymoon and just absolutely loved it. We were by no means travelers, and it was just such an awesome place to go. And, uh, yeah, we're going to, we'll take our kids there at some point in time. I'm not a, uh... I don't need to go to Europe. I don't need to go to Australia or anything like that, really. I, I need tropical stuff. If I'm not going to be here in the Black Hills, I want to go to the tropics somewhere and enjoy some warm weather and sunshine.
0: Yep. And Hawaii, Hawaii is awesome. That that place is, like, from a different
1: world. It is. And, you know, I I keep Honolulu's weather on my phone, you know, when I look at And it's... 78 degrees every night and 89 or 81 degrees you know throughout the or i guess it's 80 degrees through the day and down to 71 or something at night you know it just the it's so constant almost every day there it just that'd be so nice to not have to worry about what you need to wear if it's coats or shorts or what
2: <laughs> right gonna be sweating in the morning and freezing in the afternoon
1: i will say when we were there on our uh honeymoon um We'd rent. We landed on. We stayed in Hawaii or Honolulu for a couple of days. Then we flew to Kauai, and um, we had a car rented. But then I upgraded it to a Jeep just because I thought it'd be cool to drive around without a top down. I didn't know the rain. Yeah, uh,
0: daily <laughs> so rain. They, they get- it
1: always rains there. But so we had like we rented a uh, uh, like a town home or whatever and so we decided to run to the grocery store and get some food to throw in it. And we by the time we went in to get groceries and got back out to the Jeep there was two inches of water in the bottom of the Jeep and it's like what in the hell happened here but you know, I just the rain comes and goes and it had no idea but it uh yeah, I don't know. I love that climate though. I I uh as much as I love ice fishing I love being warm too so I, I could easily uh go on another vacation like that
2: right all right next one um i think we all know the answer to yep. this one. One, yep. one species of fish for the rest of your life to catch
1: bass <laughs> no all right, yeah, all, right. all right all right now on to the next one <laughs> no it'd have to be the lake trout man i love catching lake trout i uh um do the, you know just the fight it's all about that fight and I think I said it on one of the earlier podcasts that, you know, those fish have a parking brake on them, and it's just such an amazing feeling when you set the hook on the fish, and they don't move, and you can't move them, and they just, it's like they're parked, and I don't know how they can do it, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I I live for that, and, you know, we're, right now, I'm still waiting for Pactola to freeze over enough to, to get out there and get on some ice, but looking like it might be a few more weeks yet. So, I don't know. Getting anxious, that's for sure. Oh, did I, sure.
2: Did I see that you guys had some warmer weather this week out there, like 40s, 50s?
1: 40s, and yeah, next, uh, or this Sunday, I think they're saying for Rapid City, like 57 degrees.
0: Ooh. Bust out um, the shorts. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no kidding. I um, I don't think we're going to lose any ice, but we're sure not growing it like uh, we should right now. I, there's a lot of times... christmas eve i'm walking you know all over on pactole and i think a guy could probably still put a boat out there right now yeah
0: that's crazy you know you had ice so early you know and and now yeah just that's that's the way it is out there so
1: yeah you know that was something i always tell people when i go to the ice show uh in saint paul you know that was just a couple weeks ago and and they ask if I've been out yet, and you know, at that time I was like, "Yeah, I've been out for a month and a half already." And I'm like, "Geez, you're driving trucks out there?" I was like, "No, we still only have four, six inches. That's about <laughs> it." You know, I, we just we don't grow the ice so fast. You know, Red Lake once it freezes over, it it's two weeks, and they're driving trucks on it. You know, right. it just it blows my mind how fast it grows, like or it grows ice, and we just don't do that. I I think Deerfield's got ten inches on it. You know, but um. No, it's just a slow-growing process, but uh, um, hopefully it's going to be worth the wait.
0: Right. All right, 15, Craig. Are you a golfer?
1: Um, I enjoy to golf about once a year. Same as me. It, That's
2: one more time. It, you me. know,
1: it's, it's a fun and novel <laughs> idea to go out there and drink a beer with some buddies and, and play golf, but... My thing is I could never get better at it. I could I I was always okay and I I uh you know without being able to really improve and keep up with my friends it was tough to stick with it and said screw it I'm going to go fishing instead.
0: Good idea.
2: Have you ever fell through the ice? One time one time
1: uh yeah one time and it uh was a huge huge eye-opening experience for me um uh my buddy brian Cavan, all that you guys know very well he him and i you know we've always been pretty close to being some of the first people out on the ice and um you know it's probably 10 9 10 years ago somewhere around there um we had a pretty good streak and you know the the Facebook thing wasn't super huge in the ice fishing world yet, but there's still you know, I had started Iceaholics Anonymous back then and starting to get a little bit of a following on that and so I thought um you know, we'd it'd be cool to always be the first ones and we were those idiots, you know, getting out as close to the open water as we could so we could get a picture for it just to to raise some controversy and <laughs> and uh, you know, just definitely pushing our our luck with it and so uh, we were up on uh, Horse Thief Lake. It's uh, down below Mount Rushmore, and we were fishing a lot. We found a, a cove with some really good ice, and and we were catching some small perch and bluegills. And I said, "Man, if I could get out there just a little bit further, I know there's some crappies in this one spot." And so I'd inch my way out and a little bit further, and before I know it, I got to where I wanted to be. And so I punched a hole and started fishing, and. I was just getting ready to, to call it quits because of the ice. I mean, we're on like an inch of ice. And so it was just starting to sketch me out a little bit. And then I caught a crappie and that was the worst thing that could (laughs) have happened because now I'm hooked. You know, I got to stay here and catch it. Well, you know, I catch a couple more crappies and then all at once I looked down and my, there's water coming up around my boots and I, I wasn't smart enough to pay attention to what was going on. And, and, uh, all at once, I was like, uh-oh, this isn't going to be good. So I started walking away, and it just started, you know, like a cartoon, started breaking out from underneath underneath me, and I went in, and I was in, like, 20 foot of water. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I was able to catch myself on the sides and hold it, and I had the wherewithal to put my rod on my vexlar and slide my vexlar to the shore, <laughs> and... So then Brian, you know, seeing me and I, you know, there was no float suits. There wasn't really, I mean, I'm sure the picks were out, but, you know, there wasn't just that movement of teaching people ice safety. And so I didn't have picks on me. I kept trying to raise my legs up to get up over top of the ice edge. But, you know, you're, by then you're waterlogged and, and it was, uh, um, it was a pretty scary moment. At no point in time did I think, oh my God, I'm going to die or anything, but it's just like, I'm going to have to break my way to shore. You know, that's how what I kept thinking is I'm going to have to break this ice all the way to shore. And, but then uh, Brian come over and, and luckily he was smart enough that he uh, sprawled out on the ice and started inching his way towards me and was able to grab me and pull me out. And then we rolled back towards the shore, uh, called, I called myself names and Brian called me names. And then we went back to fishing and fished for another half hour (laughs) on the safe ice.
0: (laughs) Oh god, that's
1: awesome! Yeah, you know, and and I'm not proud of it, but I'm glad that happened to me because it it was like in that moment, you know. Here, I've got a three year old daughter. My wife was uh, pregnant with our uh, son, and I thought, you know, this is not how I want my legacy to be. Is I abandoned my wife and kids, uh, you know, because I'm being a dumbass? So. I, uh, I, from that point on, it it was just, I took it, uh, the ice conditions a lot more serious. And I, I just, I don't push my luck because I don't ever want to do it again.
0: Ain't no telling what Craig Oiler will do for a crappie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, I, it it was, it was almost one of those, like, all right, I better go. And then all of a sudden a mark showed up and I caught it. And I, I kind of remember thinking to myself, like, oh crap, now I got to keep fishing. And, you know, that was, uh. That's what did it, you know. And who knows? I mean, as I was started walking off, it might have broke out from under me because there's no way it was more than an inch thick. Yeah, that no. that ain't good. No, <laughs> no, just dumb, just absolutely dumb.
0: All right, uh, seventeen. What was your favorite subject in school?
1: Uh, is there such thing as a favorite subject?
0: I don't know, Matt. Matt, when when Matt was in high school, we had a fishing class in our school.
1: Oh no kidding, huh?
0: Yeah. Outdoor rec outdoor recreation class and Matt would bring a whole busload of kids down to the river in town and
1: them
2: fishing.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, that is really, really awesome. Yeah, no, I you know, I was one of those kids that um always had the smarts. I just didn't care, you know, and and that was the common theme on my report cards was Craig is very smart but he doesn't apply himself and And, uh, um, to say I had a favorite, I I just, gosh, socializing, I was just always a kind of a class clown and, and, uh, just having fun with everyone. And, um, yeah, you know, we did have, uh, like a forestry class that I took and we, um, well, I I guess if I had to say favorite, that would probably be it. But, you know, it was just a lot of outdoor stuff and, and we did, uh, we raised a turkey egg or hatched a turkey egg. And, um, you know, so we kind of raised this turkey in class. And then at the end of the school year, I asked the teacher what she was going to do with this turkey. And she says, well, I'll probably take it home and butcher it. And I was like, well, can I have it? And she's like, if you seriously want it, go ahead. And so I took it home and I was like surprised my parents with a pet turkey. And that <laughs> thing would follow me around the yard like a dog. And if I started i started running it would gobble at me and chase me
0: no kidding
1: yeah and then uh um you know then when i went off to college we we ended up giving it to one of our local petting zoos but yeah it was kind of a cool little pet to have for a summer what was his name but i don't know i hmm i don't know if i named it oh that's a lie
0: you had a name for it
1: no, I, I. if I did, I don't remember. I had two rabbits, and they were named Nike and Jordan. <laughs> really? Yeah. But I don't remember if I named that turkey or not. Yeah. Dinner.
2: Uh, so I oh, I named it was dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Going along with the falling through the ice, have you ever fallen out of the boat?
1: No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, I am not a great swimmer i mean i i think i could stay afloat for a while uh so i really don't ever want to fall out of the boat um but yeah no thankfully not
0: well that's good then (laughs) uh yeah does pineapple belong on pizza absolutely really oh
1: yeah i used i I used used to to be
0: i used to be way for it like man that was my favorite and i don't know like here about three, four years ago I just really went away from that.
1: <laughs> I'm a fan of just cooked pineapple in general. You know, it doesn't even have to be on a pizza, you know, sometimes you cook a ham and it's got the pineapples in it. I love that cooked pineapple.
0: If you ever come to Rock Rapids, we're gonna take you down to Fiesta Brava and they've got a Hawaiian fajita. Oh my dear. Ooh, Ooh it's so good. It is so that sounds good. good. Have,
2: is. have you ever been into the Carnival Brazilian grill? I haven't. Oh, they have that pineapple, that like cinnamon honey pineapple that they shave off right there at the table. That's that's pretty good stuff.
1: Oh really? Huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't.
2: All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> now you're what's your favorite way to cook fish?
1: I go back and forth. Uh, my wife and I have a pretty mean baked fish recipe, um, but at the end of the day, it's really tough to beat a, a beer batter fried fish, you know, I, I mean, it, it's just tough to beat that, but sometimes you get a little burned out on fried fish, knowing how unhealthy it really is for you, um, one thing I have not got into yet is the air fryer, we've got one, but I just haven't found a good way to cook fish on it yet, um, I imagine once I do that, it'll probably be a lot more of the battered stuff, but I just, I haven't got that perfected yet,
2: I haven't, like, when you're talking baked fish you just use the flays and put them on a sheet pan and bake them
1: yeah yeah so you know just one of those glass uh, uh i don't even know what those cake pan i guess right, or yeah. something like that and and yeah it's uh it just butter and seasoning um you know we've got some different seasonings we throw on it you always got to have some lemon pepper in there and then we make a a homemade tartar sauce and yeah it's uh, really really good have have you ever
2: have you ever had like taken a bigger northern and baked it whole
1: no i Uh, haven't
2: my grandma used to do that for us take stuffing and stuff it with stuffing and you just sit there and pick it off the bone right off there as you ate and you'd add a little dish of butter dip it in butter that's probably the best way i've ever had northern
1: Huh? yeah i've never never even heard of that i've I pickle the hell out of northern, so man, I love pickled northern.
0: Me too. <laughs> not the onion, so just the just the just, fish.
1: Just the fish part. Oh, yeah, I'll do the onions and everything. It's all good. Yeah.
0: All right, last but certainly not least, number 21, favorite flavor of ice cream.
1: Oof. You know, I would probably have to say like that. Uh, what is that? A buttered pecan or something like that? That's a good choice. Butter pecan. Yeah. Really? That's, yeah. I'm not a. You know, I'll take that back. It's got to be vanilla because you can have vanilla ice cream with anything. Um, and I'm just not a chocolate guy at all. Um. Strawberry? No. Yeah, it's got to be either vanilla or butter pecan.
2: But but the thing with vanilla is that you know you said you can have it with every anything, but that's the thing with vanilla—you have to have it with something. Otherwise, it's just vanilla.
1: Oh, and I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm just looking uh, at
2: Scott's face over here right now, and Scott, I don't know.
0: I mean, I'm I'm a semi-professional ice cream eater, and I just I don't even take vanilla as an honest answer.
1: Really? Oh yeah, I I.
0: I, mean, with, I like
1: vanilla ice cream.
0: I like vanilla with caramel and chocolate swirl, vanilla with cookie dough, vanilla with chocolate chips, like, I mean, vanilla's all right, but it's gotta have something.
1: Mm. Eh, yeah, well, I won't hold it against you, but... Yeah, don't hold it against I, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know, I uh, grew up, it was always kind of the treat after dinners, Yeah pull out the half-gallon pail of Schwann's Vanilla Ice Cream and you throw it in the bowl and you just have some Vanilla Ice Cream, Yeah, and I had a lot of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess with Great. that uh, 21 questions, uh, we, we did a little talking of fishing, but uh, back to the Black Hills, Craig, how, how are the lakes doing out there? Do most of them all have ice on it besides Pactola, or, or how are they doing?
1: Yeah, yep, they're all iced over. A guy definitely wants to use caution just venturing out there. Um, even Ormond Dam, the one up north, that's that's our biggest lake in our area. Um, it's froze over, and, and they're saying they're finding a pretty consistent six inches, but I wouldn't say you could just go anywhere you wanted. But, and they're starting to catch some walleyes out of there too, so so that's good. Um, down south, Angostura, I think... Think is froze i really haven't heard any reports um as soon as it does freeze up uh i want to get down there we had a day last year where between five of us we figured we caught 300 walleyes Ooh. and even some up to 28 inches so i mean it was just a one of those days we walked when we're walking out the ice we're like we are never going to have another day like this but I, I mean i'm willing to take a close second because it was that phenomenal you know um so I'm ready for that to go. Uh, but like all the hills lakes besides Pactola are pretty much good to go everywhere. Um, I haven't been out uh, myself to check them all, but um, I know Stockade, they're driving machines all over it. And sounds like there was even a vehicle out on Sheridan Lake today. So um, I, it was there's this one local dude, he's got a, a Zuzu Trooper, and he pulled everything out of it but the driver's seat so it's as light as it could possibly be and that's his ice fishing rig and he's willing to drive it on eight nine inches of ice so um yeah other than that uh you know the as far as the bite goes it's uh this is shaping up to be one of the better years um we've had i mean hopefully it continues the panfish bites on all the white lakes are just just on fire uh you know oakley pretty well yeah oakley was was messaging uh, me
0: this morning and he said it's crazy
1: yeah yeah you know so he was out the what was it monday and yesterday on monday he figures he caught over 200 fish yesterday he took a clicker with him and he caught 109 fish and i mean they're nice sized bluegills and getting some crappies and perch and i mean it, it just i haven't seen a bite like this fired up you know in a long time so if it continues it uh uh, once we get a little more mobility with machines, it it should be a pretty banner year
0: Matt was just giving me the look. I thought it was like the look like hey, let's saddle up and let's ride out there But I don't think that was the look so
1: yeah, well. <laughs> well, what was the look Matt
0: we'll get out there
1: All right. Well, you guys need to uh, Get out here before hooked on hard water. I mean, yeah, that's the plan. I- are you guys planning on it? It'd be great to have you out and. I always um,
2: hold. I always hold these guys back because I gotta work. I don't have any more personal days left for the rest of the year for other reasons, and these guys are always want to leave on a Friday or something like that, and they gotta wait for me.
1: Well, I uh, I I have a solution to that.
2: Let's, I can't quit. Let's hear
1: it. <laughs> Scott, don't bring Matt.
2: Oh yeah, I told him that. I said, "You guys just go." I can drive out early. Yeah, drive out late. Yeah, no, well,
1: no, that's uh, that's a bummer. I I appreciate you being a teacher, Matt. I that's something there's no way I could ever do. And you know, I know a lot of people give you grief about having summers off, but holy cow, what a pretty strict schedule you guys have throughout the school year. And and uh, there's not a lot of people that could stick that out. So I uh, um. I admire you, man. Well, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I, I could be a teacher for about three days and then I'd go to jail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, no, as I say, I admire you. I'll text you fishing pictures tomorrow, too. Oh,
0: I
2: know. We get out at one o'clock, so. <laughs> well, Okay, you know, with this being Christmas season, you know, our Christmas episode, What what's on Craig Euler's Christmas list?
1: Like my wish list? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I was hinting at that I uh, don't tell my wife, I I guess I won't tell her about this episode until after Christmas, but I was hinting at getting heat for my side-by-side. Really? And I, I hinted at it for, oh, a pretty solid week or two. And then just out of the blue, she said, oh, my boss is wanting to buy a side-by-side. What year is ours? And I don't know, that kind of ah. makes me think that she's, looking into it so i hope that's what i'm getting is uh a heat for my side by side
0: heck yeah so, nice. that's Larry. really
1: you know i'm i'm probably the the worst person to christmas shop for because i don't have the patience to wait till christmas to get something so i'd usually just go get whatever it is i want <laughs> and um you know i i don't know i hopefully uh i'm not too much of a pain for my wife but having heat in the The side-by-side would be pretty darn nice. I know that.
2: That'd be awesome. Are you going to drill the holes in the, put the holes in the floor like some of these guys are doing now so that you don't even have to get out you can just fish right out of the side-by-side?
1: No. No, because I'd probably lose my kid through it at some point in time. (laughs) Driving 50 across the lake and there goes Trevor out the hole. (laughs) it, It doesn't matter where a hole is on the lake. He'll find it with his foot, so I'm sure he's bound to figure it out or fall through it in the side by side.
2: I was that way all the time when I was younger. <clears throat> Fishing on the I rocks on the I don't
1: remember falling or stepping in holes. My my dad he took me out when I was 3 and I I fished every year since then and I don't remember ever stepping in holes.
2: Oh, I I was I was I was a semi-professional at doing that.
1: <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, as I said that, I'm dating myself. It was all uh, hand augers back then so there wasn't near the amount of holes on the ice so that's probably part of the problem too I could be a it. lot more holes in the lake
0: no yep. no well uh you know I, I was just thinking here Craig uh I think we're at like 43 minutes in but uh we're gonna have you on again at some point for the turkey and mountain lion story
1: oh man you <laughs> don't want to hear it right now yes we do yeah. yes we do we gotta right. hear this one well, see, the bad part is you kind of blew it already, though, because you already know the punchline. But I'll start it anyway. You want me
0: to go back and you want me to go back and edit that out?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's just more intriguing this way. Maybe we'll we'll ask the audience how which way they like it. All right. But uh, no. So I was out. This was uh, holy cow. This was going to be probably twelve, thirteen years ago now. Somewhere around there, I had gone turkey hunting, and I, at that time, I was a pretty diehard bow hunter, so I'd never even turkey hunted with a shotgun, you know, and so I'd shot a turkey with my bow, and I got home, and this, our old place was a, a big A-frame that my wife could see me drive up the driveway, and so as I was pulling into the driveway, she opens up one of the doors says hey hurry up dinner's just getting done and so i grabbed the turkey out of my pickup throw it in the garage in front of my four-wheeler and i went upstairs and and had dinner and um after eating dinner at that time my daughter she was only two years old i think so uh, i played with her for a while helped her get ready for bed and before i know it it's 10 10 30 at night and i still haven't taken care of that burden so i thought i better go take care of it so i walk out in the garage and my turkey's gone and being the dummy that i am i i thought maybe since i shot it with a bow it was still alive and it walked off and so i grab a spotlight and i'm shining it down my driveway and i don't see anything and at that house there, there was a big ravine on one side of it and a chokecherry thicket and and when I, uh, shined the light across that chokecherry thicket, there was a turkey feather kind of hung up in one of the branches. And I thought, I'll be dang, that thing was still alive and it walked into the chokecherry bush. And so I crawled down to the bottom of the ravine and there's no feathers coming out of the bottom of that uh, chokecherry thicket. And so I, uh, start crawling up underneath the, the branches of the chokecherries and I'm crawling and I'm shining my light and I don't see feathers and I crawl a little bit more and finally I see a big clump of turkey feathers and I'm thinking, I'll be darned, that thing finally died or got hung up in the branches or something, so I crawl a little bit further and I shine my spotlight on it and I was just reaching out to grab it and I noticed something behind it and I was like, what am I looking at? just something. I just couldn't figure it out and all at once that mountain lion pulled its head up out of the guts of that turkey and <laughs> it. it, it it was truly one of the most surreal moments of my life, you know, cause here I could have slapped this thing in the face and it's eaten dinner. And I, I, I don't even remember what happened, but I was in my garage. I, I, I know I ran, but I don't know which direction I ran. I don't know what I did. I don't, I don't remember it, but so I was in my garage thinking like, what in the world just happened there? You know, I, couldn't believe I didn't get attacked for one, but then I started getting mad about it because that thing was willing to walk in my garage, you know, what else is it willing to do, like eat one of my dogs when they're out on the leash or, you know, I just was kind of getting mad about it. So I uh, figure the only thing I can do is go shoot this thing. And so I go upstairs and I, by then my wife is asleep and I wake her up, I'm like, tell her kind of what happened. I was like, you need to come outside and and hold the spotlight for me so I can crawl in there and shoot it. And she looked at me and she goes, are you nuts? There's no way I'm going out there to crawl out in a bush after a mountain lion. And so I'm like, all right, now what am I going to do? And so my dad, they only lived a mile away from us there. So I call him, wake him up. And I'm like, Hey dad, will you come over here? I need someone to hold a spotlight for me. And we're going to crawl under this bush. And shoot a mountain lion my dad's like are you nuts there's no way i'm coming over to do that and uh so then i figured i'm gonna have to do it myself so i got a shotgun and my spotlight i went back down to the bottom of that ravine and i start crawling up underneath it and this time i'm trying to be quiet because i know there's a mountain lion in there and so i go a little bit and i hit it with a light, and I'm kind of figuring out my direction. And I I was being careful because my boat was kind of back there and my house was off to one side, so I had to make sure I made just the right shot on this thing. And I got to where I thought, okay, I'm this is going to be the right angle. Well, I put my sh- spotlight on it, and I just get the gun up, and my spotlight died. <laughs> and so it's pitch black, and I'm thinking, all right, do I just shoot anyway, or how do I do this? And as I'm sitting there thinking... All I could hear was that mountain lion scraping its teeth on the breastplate of that turkey, getting every last bit of meat off of it. And and then I got it creeped out, and I ran back out of there and <laughs> closed my garage door and went to bed and said, heck with it. But uh, but yeah, so then uh, we were bound and determined to get that thing removed, so we called Game Fish and Parks and say, hey, there's, obviously it's a problem cat if it's going in garages, and uh, they had one of their biologists crawl around underneath uh, that thicket and he come out with some hairs and some other stuff in his hand and he looked at me and he goes, well, I can confirm it was a mountain lion. I'm like, dude, I could have slapped it. I can confirm it was a mountain lion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. And you know, it uh, that was back before they really started hunting these uh, mountain lions out here. It uh, We've got, it's still a problem. There's still too many mountain lions in the Black Hills Um you know, it uh, the the elk calf recruitment is just not that great. It's not like it should be, and um, you know the biggest problem is uh, they're relying solely on uh, people to hunt them, following the tracks in the snow or calling them. They're not allowing people to use dogs, and that's just using dogs is by far the most effective way to get them. And and then you can shoot the problem cats. You know it, the. The biggest problem we're finding with the hunters is they're calling in a mountain lion. Well, when you see a mountain lion in the wild, I don't care how big or small it is. It looks big. It's oh, yeah. It's yeah. such an intimidating animal. They look big. And, and uh, yeah, so, you know, people are shooting these juvenile cats because they look big at the time, but they're not big cats. And if they can use dogs, then they can, you know, shoot the males. If it's a male, they can tell if it's a... Uh, bred female or if it's a uh, female with kittens you know i mean they can identify all that stuff if it's up in a tree and so hopefully one day we'll uh, get that figured out but um until then we're just gonna have to worry about them stealing our turkeys <laughs> <laughs> that
0: that that might be well i don't think it's any might that that's the best story we've ever had on this podcast oh that's crazy you know,
1: so so then i i know we're getting long on this podcast but hey let's uh, keep it going yeah well, just a couple of years ago, I was out, uh, working outside and I look over and I see something moving around underneath my boat. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And, uh, it was a baby coyote and I'm like, what? I've never even seen a baby coyote before. So I kind of sneak over to it and I start filming it. Well, the thing comes up, starts sniffing my boots and then it walked into our garage and took a nap underneath my kid's bike. And I mean, I've got video of this thing walking in the garage. I got pictures of it underneath the bike and everything. And and I was telling someone about it, and uh, and then I told him a mountain story, and he just said, "You know what the moral of the story is, right?" I'm like, "No one." He goes, "Close your damn garage door." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, okay, yeah, you're probably right.
0: <laughs> I remember when you had those pictures of that uh, baby coyote on Facebook.
1: I tell you what, I am so mad at myself for not just closing the door with it inside and keeping that thing as a pet, because I didn't know that they would make a good pet, but I heard they're like some of the most awesome pets you'd ever have, and man, it'd be cool to walk into Cabela's with my pet coyote. Right. But then, you yeah, would probably have to worry about people shooting it when it's outside too, so I don't know. It would have been cool to keep it, but and it was so cute. Man, it was a cute little guy, but... Um, we just let it wander off into the woods again.
0: That is cool though. That is cool. Yeah.
1: So. so yeah, no, that's all I got for <laughs> wild animals in my garage stories anyway.
0: Well, we'll come up with some different stories for the next time we have you on. You you definitely are our most regular guest and and I love that. So,
2: you know, I saw on Facebook today a picture of somebody with a catfish on their broken windshield and they're like, yeah ran into a catfish today when I was driving down the road. I could see something like this happen to you out there with all the bald eagles and everything like that. Apparently an eagle was carrying a fish, half-eaten, and it dropped it as it was going, and it smashed into somebody's windshield. Really? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I had heard about it. I haven't seen the pictures yet, but someone was telling me about that story, and that's wild, but, you know, I'm sorry, guys, I'm a storyteller, but I was out on Pactola. uh, This was three, four summers ago, and we were in the boat and we were watching this hawk and this hawk kept circling around and getting closer to the water. Then it'd go up and then it'd come back down. And finally we seen that thing dive bomb into the water and come out with a rainbow trout. And we're like, holy smokes, that's the coolest thing we ever seen. Well, out of nowhere, this bald eagle comes and starts chasing that hawk. And finally that bald eagle squared up on the hawk and T-boned it. Mid flight, made it drop the fish, and that eagle turned and went back down to the water and grabbed that fish before it hit the water and flew up into a tree and ate it. And my <laughs> buddy Brian was with me, and we both watched this and thinking, "Holy cow! If we'd had video of that, yeah. that would have been the most spectacular thing." I, it was so cool to see it, but hey, uh, man, if a guy could have had video of that thing, I mean, it's just almost unbelievable. But I wouldn't think an eagle would try to crash into another bird mid flight but you'd think they'd crash but it uh it was awesome
0: one time when i was up in uh when i was up in alaska we were on this boat cruise because we were supposed to see bears on the on the shores of this lake or this river or whatever body of water we were on and uh there was a mama mallard with like i don't know six babies behind her and this eagle started swooping down and slowly one by one picked off every single one of those every single one of those baby mallards and like I mean we're on this boat cruise and I mean there's ladies on there losing (laughs) there like I mean it was not good and you know I mean I'll I'll be honest like I felt bad but I mean that's nature whatever but I mean that that mama mallard like tried her hardest to fight off you know this eagle and I mean she would like she would truly like you know go after this eagle as it would swoop down and like that eagle had zero
1: f's given like <laughs> wow. it was
0: it was taking those baby ducks no matter so what how and, long
1: would it take to eat one of them
0: not very long I it's mean a little wow. snack I mean yeah literally like I mean it was it'd go up in the tree and I mean within a minute it was it was coming back down Wow oh. it, it would Holy it would cow. swoop one up and it would get up into the tree, eat it, come right back down. And that mom is like, you know, all these ducks are just going bananas. You know, the mom is trying to herd her babies and they're going in every which direction. And, and I mean, that Eagle's just like, yeah, just give me a second up oh, here. Here I
2: come. <laughs> turned into fast food.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was like one of the craziest nature things I've ever seen. But
1: So did you guys get to see many of the Eagles out on Deerfield when you were up there? well yeah yeah, there was
0: one guy i don't know what he was catching rock bass or perch or something like that and he would throw him out on the ice like 20 feet from his shack and that eagle would swoop down right there on that point out out of gold run
1: yep
0: yep. and uh yeah there was an eagle that sat right up in the in the tree that was on that point and it would swoop down and it'd pick up this guy's fish and right back up it went
1: yeah, yeah he, i'm sure those eagles love to see deerfield freeze because <laughs> it's just a free meal every day for him then
2: well yeah. he when he brought us out there he said yeah he goes just remember don't throw your fish on the ice when you guys catch them and we we're just kind of like we just kind of laughed about it and we're just like
0: none well, of us had any clue what he yeah meant. we're like
2: what do you mean he goes well if you leave your fish out on the ice the eagles will come down and grab them we're like oh okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. pretty cool so
0: well yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, we're closing in on an hour. Uh, that was that was an awesome podcast, Christmas episode. Uh, Craig, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, listeners, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you again next week for episode 54.
1: Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. I really appreciate you thinking of me for this. And, uh, um, yeah, sorry I get a little long-winded. Uh, hey, you know, if we wait two more minutes, we can make it a full hour.
0: Oh, well, you got one more story?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, do you guys ever get out fishing on Christmas Day or once kids arrive? I I had someone asking me about fishing Christmas Day, and it's like, man, I just, I think since I've been married, I've not fished on Christmas Day.
2: No. I never have. We always used to, New Year's Day, we always had an annual trip with my dad and my grandpa and my brothers, and we'd go down to Okaboji and stuff like oh, that, sure. but...
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, Chris. Oh my, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, my Sturman family uh, every year for as long as I've been alive gets together Christmas Day at noon. So, yeah, that's that kind of shoots at. I, I don't know. Maybe I've gotten out Christmas Day evening, but I don't think so.
1: Yeah, you know, I was the youngest of three kids. So when my brother and sister were both married, and I was the only one at home, you know, they would we would alternate christmases you know one christmas day the my brother would be with us and the next christmas next year it would be with uh, his wife's family and so on those off years i had nothing going on on christmas so me and my buddies we just go fishing and it was nice because we had the lakes to ourselves
0: i bet yeah yeah i mean 99 percent of the population is is somewhere doing something with family and it probably ain't fishing hopefully yeah, opening well, up fishing fishing gear
1: yeah, I, I'm one of that 99% now. So
0: yeah, well, that's that's what happens. Uh, I think when you get married and have kids. So
1: Yeah, yep. Small price to pay.
0: Yep, that's, that's right. right. So, well, I think we are officially we're at 59 minutes now uh, with an intro and with the uh, outro. We maybe maybe we'll nail it right at one hour, just perfect.
1: So there you go, boys.
0: Yeah, well, Craig, like I said, we appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. All the listeners, Merry Christmas. We'll see you again next week. Later. All
1: right, thanks a lot, guys. See ya. See ya.